Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Do you find yourself constantly working on your physique only to find no real results? Or are you officially fed up with your lack of progress in weight loss and weight gain programs? Then do I have a solution for you. Mecca Nutrition, build a better you. Choose from a variety of products including protein, carbohydrates, creatine, pre-workouts, vitamins, and more. Why choose Mecca Nutrition? Mecca Nutrition is a family-owned and operated sports nutrition store located in the heart of Bakersfield, California. Mecca's goal is to provide you, the customer, with the best customer service, nationally recognized products that you know are tried and true, and most of all, they have the best prices around. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to contact Mecca Nutrition via social media on Facebook and Instagram at Mecca Nutrition. You can email them or you can call the shop as well at 661-695-9061. Again, that's 661-695-9061. I've been using Mecca Nutrition products for over a year and a half now. And for someone with an extremely high metabolism, I can tell you that these products work. I gained nearly 25 pounds of muscle after using Mecca's select products in the protein and carb aisle with products such as Redcon 1 meal replacement protein and carbs, as well as Neil's hookups. So feel free to call the shop or email Mecca's general manager at Neil or Neil at MeccaNutritionStore.com. Rumor has it, if you mention Mecca Nutrition, you may come away with an added discount as well, but you didn't hear it from me. So go check it out if you want to transform your body and get into the best shape possible right now. Mecca Nutrition, build a better you. Today is October 23rd, 2019, and on today's O Show, Al Valdez returns to talk El Camino. Al Valdez is the host of the Cinema Palooza podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. Believe Podcast Network is the number one podcast network for all content based in Los Angeles, California. You can subscribe to Cinema Palooza on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you've got the time on your hands, you can also check out my new podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network, Believe in GCU, a Grand Canyon University-based podcast talking all GCU sports with my co-host Kyle Borg, which you can also check out and subscribe to on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But to get back on topic, Al Valdez is back today to review the Breaking Bad movie, Vince Gilligan's El Camino, starring Aaron Paul, a.k.a. Jesse Pinkman, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right here, right now on The O Show, presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out. I am counting down the days in October. You now only have eight more days remaining to purchase your Pink Belly Up apparel with 50% of all proceeds going to the Susan G. Komen Foundation for Breast Cancer Research. Get them now. We're also sponsored by TickPick and Mecca Nutrition. For all ticket purchases on TickPick, use the promo code OSHO10 for 10% off of all orders. Again, that is OSHO10, all caps, for 10% off of all orders. And also use the promo code OSHO20 for 20% off all orders on MeccaNutritionStore.com. Again, that is OSHO20, all caps, for 20% off all orders at Mecca Nutrition. Mecca Nutrition, build a better you. It's Al Valdez. It's El Camino Review right now. You ready? Let's go.
What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O Show, presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out. We're sponsored by TickPick, No Hidden Fees, and by Mecca Nutrition. Mecca Nutrition, build a better you. Al Valdez from the Cinema Palooza podcast, presented by Believe Podcast Network, is back. We did the Joker review a couple of weeks ago, and you're back as we will now review El Camino, which is basically the run-on for arguably the greatest TV show of all time in Breaking Bad. I, I, I don't think any other movies come to mind when I think greatest TV show of all time. Well, greatest TV shows of all time? Yeah. Well, does Game of Thrones count since it's on HBO? Well, that was the one, the one counter, I think. To me, personally, now this is going to be like a shocking revelation to most. I've never seen uh, the show. Just because I'm not really into fiction all that much. Sure. Never really uh, have been. It's, it has to make sense. It has to be like realistic for me to get into it. See, like, you and me are cut from the same cloth in that because I love, like, my show, you know, The Sopranos, Deadwood. Right, yeah. Bad, shows like that. I, I love shows that are grounded in reality. Not to get too off topic, but I'm just saying Game of Thrones, trust me, dude, from somebody that I don't like fantasy stuff, I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy, yeah. that, it's a good show. I feel like it, it, trust me. not that I've seen it nor know anything about it, but I feel like it shares a lot of similarities with, like, The Walking Dead. Like, they'll kill off characters and then they'll bring them back. That's, that's, that's what kills it for me. Yeah, well, I don't want to spoil it for you. I'm just saying, man, like, I vouch for it, and, like, I hate most fantasy things, so... <laughs> yeah, okay, I may have to check it out, and one of these days we'll be doing that, because that just ended, right? That They had their yeah. uh, series finale back in the spring? Yes, sir. Okay. This year? So it was kind of like, I saw Breaking Bad, like, two, three years ago, after okay. a good four years of it right. being out, and I think we were talking about it before, you said, so you saw El Camino last night, you said that you think that Vince Gilligan and his crew waited too long to put this movie out there. Way too long. Yeah. The series ended in 2013, that's like, what, six years? Yeah, so what, 2008 to 2013? That's a long time, man, see, this is, this is my number one gripe, like, when you think of a movie that's adapted to, like, a TV series, usually the movie is gonna be something where, like, anybody can, like, jump into it. Yeah. But, like, trying to think of a good example. Okay, you're gonna laugh. The Sex in the City movie. Okay, yeah. <laughs> when I saw the movie, I never saw one episode of the show. <laughs> yeah, that's but, fair. But, like, yeah, I mean, I got, I got dragged in the movie back in the day, but anyway, I saw it, and I, I enjoyed it. Like, you, you didn't have to be familiar with the show. But I feel, with the Breaking Bad, like, if you weren't on top of, like, all the seasons, and you watched El Camino, I feel it's, it's harder to get into it. Well, yeah, I mean, no offense to... Sarah Jessica Parker, but again, like, if you ever saw the Sex and the City movie, like, literally, you don't have to watch the show if you see the movie. Right. Like, with El Camino, it's, like, you need to see Breaking Bad. If you, right. Like, if you're seeing El Camino for the first time, this is the first time you've ever seen anything within the Breaking Bad world, like, you're gonna yeah. be completely confused because you missed the entire story leading up to it. Yeah. Because it's literally just a run-on from the final scene. And see, that's the thing. Like, it didn't really feel like a movie to me. It felt like, if this makes sense, just like a, like, DLC to the, the yeah. series. Like, it didn't feel like a movie movie. Movies have a different tone, and this didn't have that. Well, it was a Netflix movie, too. I guess they were <laughs> out in theaters for, like, three days, but, like, yeah, they, they continued uh, the Breaking Bad run-along with a Netflix film. And yep. again, what was it, two hours and two minutes, something like that? Something like that. It was pretty long. It's basically the run-on to Breaking Bad from that final scene in, uh, was it Felina, the final episode name? Yeah. Where Walt dies because he's basically 
cradling all of his equipment, basically holding right. it like it's his children. It's his masterpiece. Like that was his legacy. And then yeah. he, and then he dies, or so many people assume that he died. Some people were still out to think like, oh, maybe he's just faking it because the cops showed up, and they'll bring right. him back in the movie. I think that was the right. number one thing that people were waiting for in this yeah. movie was that Aaron Paul, Jesse Pinkman, Brian Cranston, Walter White reunion. Which again, spoilers if you haven't seen the movie, don't listen to this episode or listen to it. I need the listens. Either way, Walter White is confirmed to be dead in El Camino, unfortunately. And yeah, and that was the thing. There was no like really like movie revelation in this at all. It was just kind of like a, a by the by the numbers kind of like you know episode. Honestly, yeah. I mean, they... that was like my biggest gripe. I was like, where's the movie thing uh, again? For another example, of Deadwood. I mean, that series never got completed because of the writers' strikes of the early two thousands. Right. And it ended on a cliffhanger. And then like this year, the Deadwood movie came out on HBO. Again, you could be totally new to the series; it wouldn't matter. But if you if you were a long fan of the series. You know, there's little nods to it and things like that. But see, that that was what set it apart from the movie, from the TV series. No, I think that Vince Gilligan did it right in this sense to ha- have it, like, continue this story. But, like, what were you looking for? Just, like, kind of like an overall culmination of Breaking Bad, like, retell the story but in movie form? Yeah. No, not, not quite retelling the story. Like, I'm fine with, like, seeing what happens after and stuff like that. It just, like, for example, like, Todd and stuff like that at the beginning, I was like, oh, who the heck is that? And then, like, I, then I remembered, I'm like, oh, wait, that was the guy. Because they did have a little bit of a recap. Yeah. But it, was, it wasn't super, you know, like, they didn't really re- introduce you that much so no no it it was like um it was like a two and a half minute two minute even recap they basically fast forwarded like season one through season five just like right and like i don't know if you were ever a how i met your mother fan but the final episode of that show they basically skim fast forward like six years into the future like they could have done three more seasons if they wanted to but they put it all into one last episode which like for a lot of how i met your mother fans who followed that series i think it was one of the greatest shows ever just because i'm a big fan of it okay. like the final episode was just garbage like why why would you rush it like that wow yeah i've never seen that so i can't vouch for that one but i i, I take your word on it yeah, well spoiler alert the mother <laughs> okay. you, you don't meet the mother until the last episode and then she oh. dies of cancer so they kill oh, her off yeah. in the final episode Jeez. which makes no sense that's terrible <laughs> the culmination of a great tv show was just wow. absolute poo-poo that's terrible but this this movie again and you mentioned todd todd yeah. todd in this movie i feel like some of these scenes were pre-recorded i feel like they did uh-huh. some of these to set up like okay there's going to be a movie someday about this Let, let's right. ha- have some b-roll for this todd's character they definitely did those scenes later on because yeah, if you okay. look back at the tv show he probably gained like 30 pounds of yeah, fat. Yeah, he's really skinny. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. really skinny in the show and just really overweight in the uh, Yeah, in the absolutely. Movie. And see, that was the thing too. Is like, to be honest with you, man, I forgot that Todd even died in the show because the way that they showed it in the movie through the flashback, they were making it like again with the weight gain and stuff like that. I was like, oh, is he? Oh, Todd's still here. And then like later on, I was like, oh wait, no, he died in this series. This was a flashback. See, they didn't implement the flashbacks, in my opinion, very clear. I, I thought they were kind of sporadic. They were all yeah. over the place. Like <laughs> if you saw it, chapter two, like when they had their flashbacks, that transitioned well. Like you mm-hmm. know. You, you know, point A to point B, this was like, here's this, and then they're in, you know, the present, and then it goes, it just, it was incoherent. And the flashbacks in El Camino weren't even, like, 
flashbacks from the show. It was like different scenes. Like obviously they went yeah. together with the story, but like they were scenes right. I've never seen before. Right. And that that's just where it lost me. And they're just there's some characters in there that were just long forgotten, you know, with all the stuff at the end with Pink Ben with his ex girlfriend. I'm like, Oh yeah, that was a thing. I totally forgot about you know, yeah. like there was no I don't know, man. It's like the movie wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. The writing was great. The acting was great and stuff like that. I think it was just the execution that just wasn't the best for me. There were all, like, you just add on to that point of just not being able to remember certain things. Like, those characters at the beginning, I forget if it was, like, a moving company, construction company. They had the yeah. giant van, and they yeah. pretended to be cops to try and find the money, Todd's money, because right. Jesse was back in his apartment looking for the money that he hid. That yeah. was ultimately behind the fridge. They find it the Cops cuff him, and sooner or later, Jesse realizes, like, wait a minute, you guys aren't cops. Yeah. They're, they're thugs just like him. And they turn out to be thugs that um, kidnapped him alongside Todd in the show. But, like, I don't remember those guys at all. Like, even I looking back either. at the show, I never even remember those guys. Yeah. I think they both got haircuts, too. Like, they look completely yeah. different. Exactly. I forgot who those were. And then at the end, uh, when Jesse goes to confront them at the hangar, I was like, I didn't know anything there. Like, just the stakes to me weren't there either because it was, it was hard to follow. I feel like those characters, it just, like, it, that that was a big scene, I feel like, when they were like, I, I wonder, I was wondering when you were going to remember me. And I'm like, I don't remember you at all. Who are <laughs> exactly. you? That's lost. Like, I'm, I'm look, I'm going, I'm like setting up another tab on my computer, going back to the Breaking Bad series. I'm like, who is this guy? Season yeah. five, episode eight. Like, who are you? Yep. The whole scene where uh, Jesse goes to the uh, the vacuum cleaner, like the guy that was doing all the laundry and the money and stuff. I was like, who, who is this guy? Like, <laughs> what role did he have? Where am I at in this movie? That's that's what I'm saying, man. This was just an extension of the series. I'm like, they should have just made, you know, five episodes or something since they had, you know, the access to the cast. And then just make a little miniseries. On, like, they could have done another season if they wanted to. Yeah. Exactly. Of just El Camino. And the, and the name of the movie is El Camino. And the right. car is used for about the first 20 minutes or so of the movie. Yeah. And they don't even go back to it. Like, there's a machine gun in the trunk, and it's just yep. sitting in uh, what's-his-face's driveway. What was his name? Skinny I, Pete? What was his Skinny name? Skinny Pete, and I think Badger was the other Badger. Guy. Just, again, two, probably one of the most comedic yeah. actors in that movie. And Badger, or, like he, lost, he lost weight. Badger was a little heavier in the series. He looks... I was like, oh, I guess... It's all the meth, man. <laughs> no, I mean, but in that, in the final movie in Felena, when Walter is basically blackmailing his two former associates, a part of Grey Matter, I think their business ended up being called. Yeah. Walter was like the mastermind behind it, and then they left him out in the dust. That was the story that they were telling throughout that entire TV show. I thought their best scene, both Skinny Pete and Badger, were when they pointed the red flashlights at them, at, like basically acting like hitmen. Yeah. And Walter's like, I hired two of the best hitman across the Mississippi. He's like, if you don't get th this $9 million to my family, that hunt you down, basically. Yep. Like, okay, yeah. Walter, we'll do what you say. Goes back to the car, hands over the lights, skinny Pete and Badger, just with flashlights, basically. I'm like, that's gold. That's great. Yeah. I totally forgot about those two characters, too. And then they go basically go back to their house and just play video games and drink yeah. all day. Just so total bums. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know where I can weigh in on this movie. Like, you know, it's just one of those just things where I don't even know if it necessarily needed to be made. I, I think it was done for the right reasons. 
obviously I thought it was going to get great uh, feedback just because of how great the TV show was. And given how it's basically a claim to be one of the greatest TV shows ever, um, why not make a movie? Why not make more money off of it? True. But I mean, like, I think there was better avenues to do this. Like, you know, Better Call Saul is a great standalone show. It worked very well. Like, you know, you got more of a, a character that, you know, you, you saw on the show and went more into his backstory, what he was about, his own misadventures and things like that. I would have preferred something like that where it's like, we were saying like a miniseries where they just focus on Jesse Pinkman. Like, you had a show where it just focused on uh, uh, Saul Goodman. I mean, that would have been kind of cool instead of just a movie. The only problem with Aaron Paul is that he looks a lot older now than when the yeah. show started. That's true. And with Saul Goodman, like, that show took off because it was after Breaking Bad and everybody was like, yeah. okay, the origin of Breaking Bad, you know? Right. Or, like, this movie was kind of just... I don't know, like, going into it, I didn't know what to expect like you. Like, right. I thought it yeah. maybe just could have been, like, the whole culmination of Breaking Bad with both Cranston and Aaron Paul, but it turned out yeah. to just be like the run along how Aaron Paul is basically escaping from the DEA and the cops because yeah. now at this point they're looking for him because he was basically the meth slave cooking all the yeah. meth so yeah. that they can get all the profit. See, I don't know because like I liked the way that they kind of ended Jesse's character in the series. I think the last shot of him is when you see him driving the cars at the gates, right? Yeah, that's like the last. He like he like bursted through the gates and he's screaming right. just like in and freedom. He's, he's full. So I think. By even showing him afterwards, that kind of ruins like the you know that big moment because you see because you don't know they left it ambiguous like did Jesse get blasted like what was going on you just see him just like he was just completely broken all that torture all that stuff that he you know that was his breaking point and I feel that was Jesse's like his big character arc his big defining moment and then when they dig him back up and then you know you put him on another two hour adventure I'm like and that kind of takes away from that iconic ending. And then, like, the first thing in the movie, when he breaks out, he's screaming, he's finally free, that, that's yeah. his big moment. And then all of a sudden, the cops are coming, he's like, oh, shit, I gotta make a detour. And then yeah. he's, like, hiding again, you know? Yeah. I thought it was, uh, I thought, like, oh, I lost my thought. What was I gonna say? <laughs> oh, I, like, the whole, like, obviously, Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul were on The Tonight Show, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, whatever, for years yeah. after that. I always found it funny how Brian Cranston would always tell Aaron Paul, like, saying, not saying it directly... But being like, oh, man, like, you were a great character in this show, man. Best of luck to you, like, in your future right. endeavors. Like, always saying, like, wait, am I getting killed off this episode? Like, man, it was a great run. <laughs> and Aaron Paul's like, this is my career. This is, like, the make yeah. or break for my career. Right. Like, without Vince Gilligan and Brian Cranston, Aaron Paul really never took off. He had one action movie that didn't do very well after Breaking Bad. Well, he did uh, Central Intelligence, I know, with Dwayne yeah. and Kevin Hart. He had a small yeah. role in that. You know what the other what? thing I noticed in this movie? What's he that? didn't say bitch once. No. Not, not even once. Yeah, and he only said yo once when they were putting the cuffs on I mean, that, 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 that's his catchphrase. Yeah. He doesn't yeah, say well, yo or bitch at all in this entire movie. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's mature. Yeah, I know. I was like, I don't know. Like, yeah, you're right, because, like, he's older now, so, like, maybe that was harder for Aaron Paul to kind of, you know, get in touch with that kind of, you know, younger Pinkman sense, too. I, I don't know, because I feel like people will walk that? up to him on the street and be like, sup, bitch. Yeah. Like, if he's I out think, with his wife and kid, like, sup, bitch? Like, I feel yeah. like that's the only thing he hears. <laughs> Probably. I think, too, though, thinking about it now, why he kind of lost that demeanor is, I mean, 
he was tortured pretty like brutally too and like that i guess that would have a mental toll on you too so he probably wasn't even the same person after he got out oh absolutely he was when he went in so maybe repressed all that stuff i guess possible makes sense i mean yeah if you're really digging down deep yeah Yeah, if you're really digging down deep into the character it makes sense so let's review this thing from start to finish if we can yeah okay so he obviously drives out with the el camino with walter looking back at him and then walter dies Unfortunately, right. I, th- I thought that they could have worked him in there if they wanted to, but they didn't. It sucks. But <laughs> he goes, he's driving away. Obviously, the cops show up, takes a detour. Uh, the cops are gunning for Walter White in the meth lab. And Aaron Paul, Jesse Pinkman, ends up finding Badger and Skinny Pete at their house. Now, Jesse Pinkman, after being basically a meth slave, living, what was it, in a cage, like, underneath the ground? Yeah, he was kind of confined to that, like, uh, looked like almost like a bomb shelter that was kind of hollowed out. So he's basically a slave. His hair's all grown out, beard's all grown out, hasn't showered, and at this point, I don't even know how long he was supposed to be in there. He looked pretty ragged, yeah. A couple of months, for sure. Oh, easy. And Skinny Pete finds him, he's like, "Uh, are you lost, like, are you lost, pal? And he looks up, he's like, oh, shit, Jesse? and they're just playing video games like FIFA yeah. in their in their house. And then they take him in. Jesse basically eats their entire fridge because he hasn't eaten in months, basically. Right. Probably got fed like once a day by Todd, the new yeah. fat Todd, not skinny Todd. <laughs> Different character. Made no sense. I, that was the first thing I picked up when I saw him. I'm like, they definitely just shot this like a few oh, yeah. weeks after recording because he gained 30 pounds of fat. Oh, yeah. But at this point, uh, they offer him a shower. Jesse takes a shower. He's ba- at this point. He basically has uh, PTSD. Is that safe to say? Like everything that yeah. happens, he's like, "Oh shit, what's going on?" Like immediately takes out his gun, points at Skinny Pete and Badger. Yeah. So he takes a shower, ends up shaving his head, uh, shaving his beard back to the old Jesse look. Right. Which honestly, I thought they should have kept the uh, original look on him, just like him looking like a deadbeat bum, just because it didn't look like him. You know? Yeah. He yeah. would have gotten yeah. away with it a lot easier. I agree with you. And basically, they're like, "Oh wow, looking good, Jesse." Like even though that. Like they told him he should probably should not do that. And he's like, all right, I got to hide this car now because that's the one thing that they're going to be gunning for because there's a freaking machete in the back of it, basically, yeah. built in, exactly. in into the trunk. And at this point, he calls up. Now, this is another part I never really got. I, I guess he's friends with a guy who basically trashes cars. Something like that, yeah. It was like, I don't know, like his uncle or something. And like, I, yeah. He called him up. He's like, yeah, anything for you, pal, because he was watching the news. Because basically, at this point, Jesse Pinkman is the most wanted man alive, right. at least in Albuquerque. Kirky, New Mexico. Oh, yeah. And this guy who trashes cars comes to pick up the car. He's like, oh, it's on the house, everything. He's checking out the car, has, I don't even know what you call, like his beeper, make sure nothing was wrong with it. And by the time he got to the trunk, it set it off insanely. He lifts the trunk. He's like, oh, shit, I'm out of here. I'm fleeing. Like, I'm sorry, Jesse, but I can't help you. I'm fleeing. You should probably flee, too. They're on their way. Like, the cops are on their way. And out of all people, Skinny Pete was the guy who came up with the master plan to switch all three cars. Skinny Pete would end up with the El Camino with the machete in the back. Badger took Skinny Pete's car, which he dubbed a piece of shit, and he had to drive it like 300 miles to like Phoenix or whatever, whatever they said, yeah. And Jesse took uh, Badger's car. 
And at this point, Jesse is basically in the clear. He never really got caught by the cops at any moment. Not even, like, it wasn't even close. Like, they were never really after him. And he's off. I think the first thing he did was go to Todd's apartment. And that's when they showed all the flashbacks, not so flashbacks, but, like, flashbacks yeah. to, the, to the scenes that we never really saw, where right. Todd basically took him out of his cage for the day because <laughs> Uncle Jack and the boys were at a bar or something, at a strip yeah. club, wherever they were at. And he took him back to his apartment where they found his dead clean lady and he's basically yeah she found my money but she was a nice lady so i had to kill her yeah, yeah or like she was a nice lady but she found my money so i had to kill her he's I like i kind of felt forced this time because in the series todd's very like nonchalant with his brutality felt more realistic on this one i'm like i almost thought it was like a parody of that it just that i think the, the beats were a little off I, I feel like todd was always i don't know like obviously he's cold-hearted he killed I, his defining scene in that entire uh episodic television show was him killing the little boy after they stole the meth from the train. Yeah, it was his little friendly way of... Yeah. And then he kills, um, what's-her-face, Aaron Paul's next girlfriend, who's yeah. who, Brock, the son. With his, oh, it's not personal, and then shoots her. Yeah, he, like, he, like, seems like a nice guy, but he's really just a mass murderer. It's kind see, of an like, odd yeah, character. I, I felt like it felt, like, more imposing in the series than it did in the movie, though. Just, like, that scene where they're trying to redo that. I'm like, eh, I'm not, I don't know. I just wasn't buying it as much as time around. Oh, yeah, I know. Was this, oh, do you want chicken and stars? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I just thought that was a little, little. Yeah, you gotta eat. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> And they roll up, basically go out to the middle of nowhere, the desert, basically probably the same spot where Walter hid all of his money when, when Hank found him. And basically he's like, all right, this is the maid we're talking about. Do you want to say any words? He just looks at him and he's like, no, I don't want to say any words. Why'd you kill her to begin with? Yeah. Who cares? Because basically he was saying that the maid was basically like, did you know all this money was here? Yep. Why'd you have to kill her, man? Yeah, there was no, he just, he probably just wanted to. And the other part where they were rolling her up, he's like, oh, wait a second. His belt was still wrapped around her neck. He's like, I'm going to need yeah. this and puts it back on his jeans. <laughs> yeah. Total stone cold moment. And then they go back, obviously. Jesse Pinkman is back in his room, which is now abandoned. That has caution yeah. tape all over it. It's torn to shreds, which they never really yeah. explained that either, how it basically got into a big shithole mess. Like, it was a dumpster fire, that entire apartment, but it was crystal yeah. clean when they were showing the flashbacks they never right. explained how it got that bad obviously like meth cook everybody knows now sure but obviously his money's still in there and after the maid found the money he's like all right i gotta rehide my money maybe like do some indu industrial work maybe hide it in the walls so that's where jesse basically started he went under the bed uh looked through the walls couldn't find it anywhere there was a tarantula that they showed in the flashbacks that was still there when they went back yeah. to the abandoned apartment i thought that tarantula was gonna like bite him in the face or something Seriously, i was waiting yeah. i was waiting for that moment like okay he's just got a pet tarantula and they did nothing with it yeah. Like, why not give him a dog if you weren't going to implement the tarantula? And he ends up finding the money in the fridge. It was, like, taped to the back of the fridge and... In, a, in front of all the compartments and once he finds the money cops knocking on the door and which right. turn out not to be cops but he's like oh shit i gotta hide cops right. are looking it turns out to be those two goons from season five that i still don't remember because they got yeah. haircuts they did. it makes no sense like how do you expect us to remember it after what six years at this point and now you're giving <laughs> them haircuts <laughs> 
And they're basically, all right, find the money. That's what they were there to do. And there was like this snotty, just nosy old man who basically ran the motel. It's just like, if you guys need anything, I'm right here. If you guys need any yeah. evidence, I got it all down here. Uh, they're just like, get the fuck out of here, old man. I thought they were going to blast him through the door or something or choke him out. Oh, at some point, I thought yeah, that old man like, was going to die. Honestly, I was kind of disappointed because I was like, you know, there were so many tense moments there. I'm like, oh, he didn't go with it. Right. And he, uh, they find Jesse. Jesse's underneath some cow. Couch, so in some corner, basically, points the gun yeah. at one of the guys. He's like, I don't want to kill no cops. Just call your partner in here. And they yeah. knew immediately who it was. He's like, Pinkman, what are you doing here? Just give up. I got two guns. You got one. And basically, that was another flashback moment for Jesse. I guess he just really didn't want to kill them. So Yeah. He, that was, the I think, the second Mexican standoff we had in 30 minutes. The first one was with Todd in that flashback. And then this yeah. one. And I was like, wow, you guys are... They're, they really made Jesse seem like a total wuss in both of yeah. those. Like, he could have easily killed Todd right there with the gun. Out in the middle of nowhere. Would have gotten away with it. Had the car keys. Yeah. Would have been free. I think that would have fit that fugitive narrative a little bit better, too. Like, this one, like, I was like, oh. Would like, have, he didn't... I mean, who would he... He would have obviously had to fight off, like, Uncle Jack and everybody else after the fact. Some way, somehow, yeah. they'd find out, like, Todd's but been see, gone for a while. There you go. Though That's that's movie plots. See, like, that would be moving faster. There'd be more action. That'd be more, like, movie-based. And this just kind of paced, you know, as we're going, like, a, just an episode of a TV show. A single episode, not even, like, a climax. Right. And uh, he goes forward after that. So Todd ends up taking the gun he's like we'll get pizza what kind of pizza you like he's holding the gun at him about to shoot you see tears running down his face he's like pepperoni i like pepperoni pepperoni okay we'll get pepperoni just give me the gun just gives him the gun total wuss moment from jesse pinkman and then they're back in the uh, motel room with the two cops they're like just give up pinkman give me the gun and at that point he's just like yeah whatever great and then they cuff him and they're basically beating the crap i want to say they're beating the crap out of him but they were not handling it like cops yeah and jesse pinkman was like like, wait a minute, you guys aren't cops. I, I, I don't really remember what, like, the exact moment was when he realized it. Because he didn't recognize them at first as, like, the it, two goons that... It was when they got, I think, like, the... It looked like they got, like, a piece of, like, uh... What is that, like, extension cord or whatever to tie his feet down? Like, I think that's when he realized, like, okay, you guys aren't cops. Because that, that wouldn't be police procedure. Yeah. And they're like, okay, you guys aren't cops. And basically, at this point, they're looking for all the money. And then Jesse was just like, oh, you can't kill me because I know where the money is. Right. And that's when they uncuff him and everything finds the money. Jesse's like, all right, I'm taking my share. They're like, the hell you are. And the other guy, um, one of the two cop guys, not cop guys, two goons, one of them went to go distract the old man because he was being nosy again. That's basically what he was, a nosy old man. And the other one was basically just holding Jesse gunpoint, telling him like, you're not taking any of my money. He's like, yeah, well, if you shoot me right now, you're going to have to explain to the old man why there's a dead body on the floor and stuff like that. So he took his share. They split it three ways. Jesse goes his way. They go their way. And that's the moment where Jesse stares him down, looks at the van. Basically, Jesse Pigman was tortured by these guys in their warehouse, though he f- totally forgot about them because they have haircuts. Yep. And he's like, wow, I was wondering when you were going to remember us. And that's when he drove off. And after that, he, I think after that, he looked for the guy who basically uh, makes you disappear. Yeah. So we saw at the end of season five, this guy who I'm forgetting the actor's name. He was in Jackie Brown, just died. And he took Walter White away. Walter White became, who knows, moved to New Hampshire, was basically in a log cabin 
on the other right. side of the country, right. lived in a log cabin in the middle of nowhere just to stay face. Nobody knew where he was. Yeah. Again, he was the FBI's most wanted for a long time. And it got to the point where he's like, come and find me. This is Walter White. And then he ended up fleeing back to New Mexico yeah. for that big final scene in uh, Felena. But this time around, Pinkman goes to him and he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Because if you remember, the last time Jesse Pinkman, it was either in season four or the beginning of season five, he was going to escape. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm fleeing. I'm out of here. I'm changing my identity. And he was going to get in the car with this guy, mm. even though we didn't really know what he looked like. Uh. And at that very moment, in that particular plot, he remembered that there was ricin and that the little boy, Brock, of his last girlfriend, who was killed by Todd, got uh. poisoned by the ricin that Walter was notoriously known for using. And at that yeah. point, he's like, oh, shit, I gotta stay. And he didn't get in the car. And that's like a big no-no to this guy. So when he got back to, I think it was a, a lawnmower company, what, what did this guy own? I was, uh, oh, it was a vacuum shop. Vacuum shop. And he was basically like, I know you're the guy. I got the money. Take me away, basically. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. He, like, put the money out. He's like, I'm gathering your belongings. I don't know who you are. Yeah, he puts it back in. He's like, I know you're the guy here's all here's $125,000 take it I know who you are and at this point he's just like you didn't get in the car last time that's an extra 125 and, Je and Jesse's yeah. like I knew it but he's like wait a minute what yeah, he's like, just busting his chops over. Like, you want $250,000? And he's like, yeah, I mean, if you find it, he's like, all right, I'll give you all this, all this, all this. Basically, he had everything in the bag, his share. Mm -hmm. And he was, what, a couple thousand short? He was 1,800 short. Eight, Jesus. 1,800 yeah. <laughs> short. Great storytelling, Vince. And he was like, you're 1,800 short. Sorry, like, a deal's a deal to me. Right. He's like, and he's like, fine, I'm not leaving here until you basically flee me. He's like, all right, I'm calling the cops. And he was just sitting there. He's like, you were really calling the cops? He hangs up after telling the cops where uh, Jesse Pinkman is. And he's like, nah, you're just screwing with me. You would have never hung up. You would have stayed on the line. And he's basically summarizing how it's yeah. not a real cop call. And then you see the cops both behind. Up, he's like, yeah. man, that's perfect timing. It's like, all right, take your bag. And yeah. he, he basically covered for him, which was nice. Right. But at this point, Jesse's like, okay, a deal's a deal. He calls him up. He's like, a deal's a deal. I'll get you the extra 1800 Because I, that's the only way this guy is going to accept him again. And at this point, Jesse's like, all right, the only way I can get this money is if I go back to the warehouse where the two guys were to get the other two shares. There were a few scenes where Jesse called his parents to, because he originally was going to try and get money in the safe at his parents' house. Yeah, yeah. He called him up. He's like, can you guys come pick me up? And they're like, you got to turn yourself in. He's like, great, come pick me up. Mm -hmm. And there was like a silver lining moment there. It was just like, I just want you guys to know, like, you guys didn't screw up on me. Whatever happened to me happened. Don't feel yeah. bad about it. You guys were good parents. And obviously he just lied to them, made them yeah. go in one direction so he can get back into the house, trying to figure out the safe lock code he's like yep it's my brother's birthday and there was what no money in there there, there yeah. was there were two really really old guns two really old pistols yeah in there. there was like a german i think it was a, a luger or a walther b38 one of those classic like german officer pistols like what are you gonna use those for against like these <laughs> yeah. high leverage ones that they're using now or at least yep. in the movie so he goes back to the warehouse after this they're having a big party because they get just got all their money they're snorting cocaine doing drugs dancing with strippers that don't want to be there yeah. and after they leave after 
Jesse's basically waiting it out for hours and hours, waiting for them to leave. They finally leave. He finally just walks into the house. They're like, Pinkman, what are you doing here? They're like, mm-hmm. they're like, I need $1,800. I'm just asking you for a favor. I need $1,800. And they're basically all high out of their minds. The other cop that was waiting with the old man downstairs was basically like, wait, we cut it three ways? You gave him a yeah. share? And he's basically explaining, like, shut the fuck up, whatever his name was. And at this point, this guy's jacked out of his mind on cocaine, on drugs, on alcohol. He's like, I'll tell you what, let's do a standoff for the entire load, the entire yeah. bag. He's like, okay, I'm ready if you are. And all the other guys are like, oh, shit. Like, kind of, like, hugging the wall. Like, they really don't know where to go. And obviously, Jesse has his parents' guns, which will not help him whatsoever. Not going to make it. Actually, maybe on that German, because those are machine pistols. And as we see in the scene, (laughs) they're they're quick. Oh, yeah. And basically, he had his gun. He's like, you ready? I'm ready when you are. And they're just staring each other down. Someone just waiting to make the first move. Because both their pistols are in their pockets. Yep. Little did we know Jesse's was in his sleeve. Yep. Because Jesse had the one gun in his right pocket and then the other gun up his sleeve that nobody really knew about. And as soon as What's-His-Face grabbed his gun, Jesse basically just macheted the hell out of his chin, killed him on the spot, killed the rest of them. Well, he only killed him, right? Killed him and the other cop. The other guys ran. The other guys shot at him, magically missed every shot. He probably went to the same shooting range as the stormtroopers in Star Wars. Oh, Jesus Christ. He was, like, right there, man. And you didn't even, even, like, wound him. (laughs) Jesse didn't even flinch too yeah so you you had him like on target like he wasn't moving at all and you just yeah, missed that's... like left to right diagonal you could have at least had jesse take a bullet in the arm to like really get that tension going yeah. i was like really he just walked away scott and what he so he shoots the two cops and the other three he takes their driver's license just basically like yeah. if you ever rat on me i know where you live i'll kill you yep takes all the money now he has yep. more than enough money for this guy that was i think the big scene in that movie that yeah. standoff finds the guy gives him his money am i leaving anything out or was this it no that's about it it was basically yeah, finds the guy who i'm gonna look up now because he was he played a very significant role in jackie brown and he just died i think a week and a half ago oh, old wow. old man yeah um he, he was he was a uh, bail bondsman robert forrester okay robert forrester passed away a few uh days ago played a big role in jackie brown obviously plays a huge huge role in El Camino because yeah. he was basically Mike um, what was his name Mike I don't remember his last name I just remember him as Mike Mike the old man Mike mm. Mike the old man it was basically his guy his guy right. to get you out of situations now I gotta figure out his last name here what, what the <laughs> hell was his last name oh it was it was it McGill no that was James McGill that's uh, Odenkirk oh, Saul Goodman Mike Armintrot so right. he was Mike Armintrot's guy basically he'll help you change your identity he'll flee you across the country wherever yeah. and in the beginning scene it showed another flashback again not a real flashback but like a flashback to the show I guess because it was back in time, because obviously Armin Trot's dead because of Walter White, which was another tough thing because Walter did kill a lot of people along the way in Breaking Bad, so doing a sequel would have been tough. Yeah, oh yeah. So you only had a few characters to work with, whereas in Better Call Saul, you could bring all of them back. Um, but he basically is talking to Armin Trot. This is Jesse Pinkman and Mike Armin Trot, basically just discussing, making small talk, and Jesse's just like, so where would you go? You had, like, you if you had to flee. And he's like, I don't make small talk. He's like, come 
come on, just like give me something. Like if I had to flee, he's like Alaska. He's like oh, Alaska, huh? It's like nobody can find you in Alaska. Like he's like, man, great place to start over. He's like, sorry, kid, that's that's the one thing you can't do. Is start over. But at the same time, he gets there. He gets to Alaska, basically in the back of this guy's truck. Like it wasn't even in the back of his truck. He was like in a little compartment in the back of the truck. And he gets out, gives um, the bondsman the letter to Brock. He wrote a letter to Brock, the kid who was poisoned by Walter White. And after that, he's like, all right, I'll get it to him whenever I can. It's like, all right, this is it. Gives him the keys to his car. I forgot what his new name was, but he basically went over everything. New name, new social security number, job, middle name, uh, pet's name, whatever. And he's driving away, and at this point, basically the beginning of the the movie in the El Camino, driving away, madman, just trying to get out of harm's way. Now he's in Alaska, he's calm, reflecting on everything that happened, and this cuts back to the Jane scene. Remember, his, his first, like, insanely drug addict out girlfriend Jane with the black hair, the one that Walter watched die. That was the big scene in that show. I watched Jane die, and I could have saved her, but I didn't. Yeah. It was probably the best line in that entire series, arguably. And basically, he's just reminiscing about life. I, I, I don't really understand the correlation of having him turn and her sitting next to him. Like, did you understand that? No. It's more fresh in your mind, I feel like, than yeah. it was mine. I saw it 10 days ago. You saw it yesterday. I don't know. I thought for an epilogue, I could have done without the Jane scene, because again, like, I don't know. I just, I guess it would, I, it was one of those scenes that probably would have made more sense in the series, but at the end of the movie, I don't know. It just was a weird kind of attacked on scene. Maybe she said something, like, we can be anything we want, because she was gonna, yeah. she, they were gonna take the money, right? They were gonna, like, yeah. take all the money, and then she got high again and died exactly so maybe it had something to do with that but that was the movie basically yeah. his escape tr- him trying to flee and get out of harm's way which he does very right. successfully without really much harm as opposed yeah. to almost getting killed by the guys that tortured him other than that the cops really never were even close to finding him yeah and that's the thing like my my final review thoughts on the movie with everything is trying to compare it to something so i'll make a video game analogy are you a god of war fan yeah i used to play okay yeah. Remember, like, how God of War 1, 2, and 3, like, you know, just told this epic story mm-hmm. of Kratos getting his revenge on the gods right, and, right, and right, stuff right. like You know, God of War 3, you finally do it. It's finally over. And then, like, I think four years later, they put the game God of War Ascension coming out, and it was like, hey, like, look, it's Kratos again, but it's like, the stakes weren't there. Right. And that's, and that's what I'm trying to say with this. Like, we got the show, and in the show, the stakes were, like, super high. It kept us guessing. We're like, oh, what's going to go on? But after that final episode, that final, like, iconic scene with the machine gun, you know, his walls are just taking all these guys out and stuff like that. Even after that, to, to dig it up and to expand upon it with a movie, I don't know. Because, see, the whole thing is the movie. There was so much in there that they couldn't really, like you were saying, like, there was no police threat. And the show, like, Walter was under constant like you know like fear of his brother-in-law finding out and this and that so you had that the cop drama you had the other criminals drama you know like you slowly felt that walter and jesse were kind of sinking in like quicksand and just the stakes were there with this movie nothing ever really felt at stake you know i never felt like the tension and, and the whole big scene you know at the end with the standoff where he shoots him like that really didn't do that much no. for me for, for a finale scene like when we're comparing to what we've seen in breaking bad and then this is the finale of the movie i just felt i don't know it just it fell a little flat but again like it's not a bad movie it's a pretty good it was very entertaining like it was gripping i just it 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I got a 108 on Rotten Tomatoes, so, like, very good review there. Yeah. But, yeah, to just comes full circle on that. We talked about it in the beginning of them just not really implementing as much as we thought in the movie. It was just kind of a run-on to that final scene. Like, yeah. If they wanted to, I don't understand why Cranston wasn't in the movie. Or show the, you know, show the white family. Show Walter Jr. Show, you know, his wife. Like, how, how, how are they co- knowing, you know, what Walter was? I would have liked to see that. Like, you know, Walter's Jr. going to school and having people react to, like, you know, your father was like, you know, like, I wanted to see the aftermath that Walter White's legacy left on his town, on the school, you know, on this and that. And then there was that big scene at the very end, right before he fleed to Alaska, where they actually brought in another flashback with Walter White. They were at the hotel, (laughs) they ended up eating at the diner, and it kind of looked like they could have have filmed that just a few weeks before releasing the movie, too, because he kind of looked different. Like, the makeup kind of looked different, like, to the point where it's like, okay, they probably just recorded this. I guess he is in this movie, you could say. Yeah. But it was a flashback with Walter White, another small talk moment where basically, this is probably where Jesse got his material with Armin Trot at the beginning because Walter was just like, I'm just trying to make small talk. Like, what would you do if you could do anything right now? He's like, you should go to college and stuff like that. He's like, you don't care about me. He's like, all right, whatever. And that was another moment where I'm like, oh yeah, the White family isn't here at all. None of them. And that was another moment where Jesse's just like, all right, one way or another, like your family's going to get everything that they've got coming to them. I thought at that point, like, all right, now he's going to give the money to the, the Whites. Right. And, like, that was the thing. Like, just, I don't know, for a movie, I just, I didn't feel fully fulfilled. There were definitely a lot. Like, obviously, Walter killed a lot of great characters in that show. Like, Mm -hmm. Saul Goodman, another guy that could have made an appearance in that show, even though he fled, too. But he could have been there. Yeah, he was at the, I think, the Cinnabon, you know, and if you watched uh, Better Call Saul, he was, like, working, you know, something like that. So that would have been cool, too, to kind of show a little bit after. But, I mean, I guess since they already did a show. Which, again, not that that has anything to do with El Camino, but like Saul Goodman, obviously in the pilot episode of Better Call Saul, he's at the Cinnabon working yeah. as, um, forget his name already, his real name. That is not Saul Goodman. Like, I, I oh, think that was yeah. a pretty... Oh, I th- it's, it's, it's Jimmy McGill. Jimmy McGill. And yeah, it was like Saul Goodman, like Saul yeah. Goodman. And I thought that was pretty cool, pretty smart. Yeah. But at, at the end of when he flees, him and Walter, at the very end in season five, he's like, I'm just going to, I'm probably going to go be like a Cinnabon man somewhere. Like that doesn't yeah. really correlate with me because it's like, all right, he already did that though. When you see it in yeah. Better Call Saul. No, I, I agree with you. I don't know. I just, I, we're kind of in that era now where everything needs a spinoff. You know, like how the Star Wars movies have a Star Wars story and Harry Potter has, you know, the Fantastic Beasts. Like we're just, that's kind of weird. Where we are is like with an artistic like like media form, especially with like franchise shows. Yeah, like Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. You know, there's going to be a Game of Thrones spinoff. It's like anytime something is like big now, it has to have some kind of spinoff. And with this one, I don't know. I just I'd give the movie a, a seven out of ten. Like I mean, the writing was still there. Like the cinematography, there are some really good shots in the movie. The acting was good. The scoring was good ambient lighting was good all that good stuff was good but it's just for a movie i gotta take some points off that because it just it didn't feel like a movie it just felt like two episodes into a new season another show yeah i agree with you i i'd probably go six or seven out of ten again okay. like it did not live up to my personal expectation they could have done a lot more with it again like inserting cranston him like him never dying him just <laughs> basically faking it and having him play a big role in it again would have been mm-hmm. huge it would have added to it but at the same time it was an over 
overall great movie, great production, great cin- cin- yeah, cinematography. Absolutely. Just an overall, I think, great movie. And yeah. Aaron Paul's best performance as an actor to date, probably. Oh, hands down, hands down. Now, now with Star Wars, because you just mentioned that, did you agree, like, this is totally off topic, because I'm one of those guys that feels like ever since uh, Disney took over, mm-hmm. basically for George Lucas, I yeah. thought the original six episodes, that, that was it for me. Okay. What about you? Okay. Um, have you you've seen the newer ones, right? I saw the seventh one. I haven't seen anything after that. Okay, see, so the Force Awakens. Yeah. Like now, are you saying like are you, are you asking me like if I, if I like these or, or like do you, do you agree with them adding on to it years later? And like, do you like the plots? that they've brought um to be really honest like no i'm not crazy about them but see like why this is why i don't like them like when it comes to star wars i'll be 100 honest the prequels i prefer those to the original trilogy you know, right. everybody always everybody always fights me tooth and nail on that one but to me like that was my star wars like i was eight years old when phantom menace came out you know so like that that was my star wars so i like that but see what i like about the prequels what it did is it had world building you got all these crazy new planets they added to the lore they added to all you know you got to see the Jedi, like, you know, from within. And you got to find out that the Jedi were just as corrupt as anybody else. They just, you know, went about it different ways. But that's what I liked. It, it added a lot to the lore of Star Wars, adding on to the original series. With the Disney movies, there's no world building. There's really no expansion. They, they, they just feel like cash grabs, man. Right. They're just like, Harrison Ford, what are you doing? All right, here, come back here for some reason. You know, like, he didn't want to be there. No. He just wanted the money, you know? But I don't know. The Disney ones just, they, they, they're hollow. You know, like, on the outside, it it looks like Star Wars, but there's nothing in there. Again, if they would have made a Breaking Bad movie without Vince Gilligan, it probably would have felt the same way. Because like, whenever you move the creator from an IP, it's gonna suffer. It's just not gonna be there. They don't have the same like, vision. No, and like I don't, you know, like George Lucas tried to help on uh, Episode Seven, like because uh, part of the contract, Disney said, you know, if we ever need help, you know, you have to be a consultant. So Lucas was like, yeah, I already wrote a treatment for Episode Seven, Eight, and Nine, and here you go. And Disney looked at it and like, eh, we like that. That, but yeah. so they basically liked one little thing and they threw out the rest of his script and like let's let JJ do his own thing now I I gotta say what JJ Abrams is he kind of reminds me of the, the film director version of like Bruno Mars like <laughs> they, 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 you, know, you know what I mean like, he takes retro things that people like Bruno yeah. Mars does the same thing like the, you know like 80s electro this and that he takes things that people already like and then just adds a little bit of a spin does it a little bit differently and then slaps a whole new label on it and that's what Abrams did he just yeah. took a new hope slapped a label label on it and called it a new movie and so that's what that's what i'm saying they're not adding to the lore they're not adding to star wars they're just cash grabbing it which in abram's case is not good like bruno mars with his spinoffs like people yeah. like it his, his are good yeah <laughs> totally different like mars yeah. is good abram's yeah. not so good but i'm just i'm just using them as a correlation just to kind of you know yeah again like after the force awakens i'm just kind of like that did not feel like a star wars movie to me and again, because it's so many years later. Yeah. Like, it, it just, it's not in the moment anymore. No, it's not. And, like, if they would have made it, like, you know, like, don't have the original characters, like, add something new. Like, like, that's what I like when there's a new Star Wars movie, when they're doing something different. The best out of the Disney movies, ironically, in my opinion, was that Solo that came out last year, the one with the young Han Solo. Yeah, which you really can't say is a part of the Star Wars trilogy. It's right? not. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying for, like, for what Disney has done, it was a spinoff, like, you know, like El Camino, like that. 
that. It was a story within the universe. But I think that's that should be the future of what they focus on with the Star Wars because these little isolated stories I feel work so much better. I, Disney, but again, like they're gonna have to be about these new characters because mm-hmm. the Mark Hamills of the world and the, the Harrison Fords, like they're not spring chickens anymore. They're yeah. they're older. Like they can't really go back in time and recreate like the origin of Han Solo or right. or um, Luke Skywalker. Actually, you know? you know what? With the CGI stuff they have nowadays, they could. You know that movie Gemini Man where they had the young Will Smith and stuff like that? They could technically... I mean, if they really wanted to, they could have done that for Harrison Ford and he could do the voice. Yeah, but does it really look like a young... Like, yes, like, to the best of their abilities, it looks like them, but you could also tell, like, okay, there's something there. Like, it's definitely CGI, you know? Yeah, I feel you. Um, For... uh, I remember when Rogue One came out, that was the first Star Wars spinoff. They had a... uh, One of those uh, CGI characters of uh, the late Peter Cushing and is Grandma of Tarkin again and like it looked almost spot on but then like yeah, yeah. there's some kind of scenes where you're like oh that's fake <laughs> mm, like that that doesn't add up okay. but I like where you were going hey, and I'm trying I'm trying but yeah man I don't know my final thoughts like the El Camino and all that it was good movie but just it just didn't live up for me do you have uh, any good Walter White Jesse Pinkman Saul Goodman Mike Armentrot whoever do you have even like a comparable impersonation as you did with Heath Ledger <laughs> or Joaquin Phoenix. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I never even tried to like imitate any of those guys. Um, let's see here. Try to do a little, little season one, Jesse. Yo, Mr. White. Yo, you want to start cooking with me? man? <laughs> <laughs> I, that wasn't a bad start. That was, like I was in, like I almost had my eyes closed there. That wasn't a bad start with Jesse Pinkman. Just hey, bitch. It, it was always with him, like the like that really frantic, like come on, yo, what do you got in the refrigerator, Mister White? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which you really didn't see in El Camino, really. Yeah. Just to go back to that point, like obviously yeah. you, you never said bitch, you never said yo. That was his entire character. Oh, that wasn't that his big line, science, bitch. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, I'll, I'll have to work on my, my Breaking Bad impression. <laughs> hey, maybe next time. next time. It was a good try. Again, like if I close my eyes, I'm like, up, oh, good start. He's going, he's going. Now he's laughing. For a, for a spur, yeah. Then I went out. I'll come back up for that with a Captain Jack Spotter. Oh, Johnny would be proud of that one. <laughs> what do I make it three? So we forget tonight. Clubby. <laughs> there you go. There, see ya. Saved it with Johnny. Any, uh, <laughs> like a Darth Vader, since we're talking Ooh. about Star Wars? Ooh. That, that's tough. I don't got. I don't have the mask on, man. You need the mask. <laughs> Without the mask, you'd be like. You're just Anakin. Yeah, you're just Anakin. Asteroids do not concern me. I want that shit. No excuse. I can't, I can't do Vader. I can that's do a Yoda. tough one I, to do. You can I do Yoda. Yoda. That's I worth it. Lan- I can do Lando. Let's hear uh, Yoda first. I don't know if I can do Yoda. You just said you could do Yoda. Oh no! I said I could do Lando. I said I couldn't do Yoda. All right, do Lando then. Why well, you lying, double cross, and no good swindler? You've got a lot of nerve coming back here, which you pulled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How you doing, you old pirate? So good to see you. How you doing? Hey, that Chewbacca still hanging out with this loser? <laughs> what about a Chewbacca? <laughs> Perfect. There you go, Chewie. <laughs> there you go. That guy just died, too. Yeah. It's been a dark video. day for the cinema world. I'm telling you, man. It's gnarly. We'll have to do a Star Wars episode next time. We'll do it for the Rise of Skywalker or something else. Yeah, because they're, uh, they're, they're just shooting them out like Tic Tacs now. Yeah, no kidding, man. 
Shoot. You see Zombieland yet? I want to. I haven't got a chance. Maybe to see we'll it do yet. that next week. Okay. Zombieland review next week with Al Valdez. Thanks for coming on again. Out. Remember to go check out the Cinema Palooza podcast on Believe Podcast Network. You can check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Believe.com. This is the O Show presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out. Remember, Tick Pick allows no hidden fees. If you have an $18.60 purchase, Al, your tickets will be $18.60. No, no added on fees whatsoever which is very shocking yet satisfying and Sounds good to me. and then mecca nutrition build a better you working on a promo code for that to get you guys discounts for mecca nutrition all great products including carbohydrates and protein and again mecca nutrition build a better you hit it hootie For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.